Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's Wesson Walker on a Monday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are launching something new this week. We're all excited. Fitty has got a little bit of a... Skip to a step these days because he's excited that he was the one out in front of an idea, a philosophy that we're going to go with as we get closer to the college football season. It is the launch of Team Week. We're going to start off talking about ECU this week. App State, who said that? (laughs) He took that from me when I did it on Friday, I think. Play it again. Play it again. this uh, This is YouTube's finest right here. This is their pirate sound effect. Yar. Yar. Who is they? Who is giving us the ECU pirate? That's not me. Play it again. But he said yar. Yar. There's a Y at the beginning of that. That's what I'm saying, y'all. Yeah, you're right about that. All right. Well, if that doesn't pump you up for some ECU football talk, I don't know what will. But we're going to give you the launch of Team Week starting at 1 o'clock. Here's how we're going to kind of roll with this. I I did want to set the scene. We're going to go with... Each team in the Carolinas, for the most part, not going to get to everybody, but we're starting off with ECU, App State next week, Charlotte the week after that. Then we're going to go Power 5 surfing with ACC. South Carolina also going to be in the mix. And every single day of each week, we will be focusing on that football program. So with this week being ECU, we're going to have a little bit of a look back at the recent history, maybe some stuff as we transition into this year, five years past, maybe even 10 years past, but certainly last year, kind of look at what ECU was about. Each of these college football programs, Tuesdays will be reserved for offense, Wednesdays defense. We're going to try to get at least one guest per week, but maybe even a couple. And then Friday will be reserved for predictions. Everybody can write in their predictions about each of these college football programs throughout the Carolinas. So I'm excited about team week. That's going to be a lot of fun. And when we're all done with this, we'll be ready for kickoff with North Carolina and South Carolina, really getting us ready for the college football season. So I worked on an intro. We got a bunch of highlights to work with, so we got a whole bunch of stuff. What? Why are you giving me stank face already before we even start? Because it was a, it was a team effort. We worked on the intro. You sent me four highlights, and that's great, and I appreciate it. But it's okay that I say that I worked on it anyway. All right. <laughs> I try to give him credit for a great idea, and then he's mad because I didn't include him in on sending me four highlights, which is fantastic. Thank you. But what? why is he tripping today, man? It's Fiddy. You know that he wants any and all credit for anything, even if he didn't do it. You got mad at me almost. Like, it's Fiddy, Walker. Come on. I mean, Get with I, it. I don't know if y'all could tell. This is like the happiest I've been on a Monday. 
I can tell, to be honest with you. In like a really long time, I'm feeling it. We got a great show planned. Novak Djokovic is in the quarterfinals at Wimbledon. What a great match, by the way. Yeah, and dude, Eubanks just took out uh, Tsitsipas. Oh. Sissi yeah, we got Poss. an American in the quarters at Wimbledon. Mm, so long, Sissy Poss. No more. Sissi Let Poss. me know when y'all done talking tennis. All, all right, right, we're done. We're done. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So that's college football week. We also were talking a little bit of Wimbledon, but we'll get to the Mount Rushmore. So much stuff. Let's actually start, though, with some Carolina Panthers conversation. We speculated last week as to who the new members of the Hall of Honor were going to be with Carolina. They announced that they were going to induct two more Carolina Panthers. Who was it going to be? Wes was clamoring for really Ryan Khalil as his number one option. He wanted Ryan Khalil in there. He wanted the offensive to get respect. Julius Peppers was also on that list. I went with Julius Peppers and Moosin Muhammad. I believe you were. I don't know where you were, Fiddy, but a couple of those names did come out from you. And eventually, Carolina, they settled on Julius Peppers. And Musin Muhammad, the longtime wide receiver, just a year away from being an OG Panther. My guy. So let's talk about it right now by pulling up to the scene and getting off the bus. Go ahead, bus driver, open up the doors. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Let's go to the Twitter sound here. Former Panthers, welcome new members to the Hall of Honor in Musin Muhammad and, of course, the great Julius Peppers. I'm looking forward to welcoming two new members, two great football players that really and truly need no introduction, Musin Muhammad and Julius Peppers. Hey, Pep, Moose, congratulations. Congratulations on the Hall of Honor. Well-deserved. Moose, Pep, it's Jordan. Man, I just got to say congrats to you both on being inducted in the Panther Hall of Honor. Well-deserved, two great football players, better men, great leaders. What a great honor you two guys are going in, and I'm lucky to be a part of this Hall of Honor class because you two guys are in it. I can say from experience that it is quite a process and something that you're going to enjoy. So proud to be in this thing with you, and I know that you've been waiting anxiously to get the call. Well, it's time. You're in. Couldn't happen to two better men. So once again, congratulations. This is so awesome. Can't wait to celebrate with you guys this fall. Love you guys. Wish you the best. And we'll see you soon. All right, so there you go. It's funny. You can pick out who Jake DeLome is. It's it's the most recognizable voice in there. Okay. <laughs> I love the story Al Wallace talks about how when he took over the huddle in 03 at the very start of the season and then rallied themselves back to beat the Jags, the offensive huddle, the first time he tried to speak to him, they're like, what? What are you saying? What is it that you're saying? I don't know what play to run. That's how Jake DeLome sounds. What play is that, Jake? Gambit. What are we running? All right. Just win against Jacksonville. Fine. What do you make of Musa Muhammad, Julius Peppers being the next two Panthers? Well, honor? for one, let me just say, man, Musa Muhammad and I have a long history. He has known me since I was a teenager. Uh, I first met him actually uh, when I got to go with the Panthers. Oh, when I, oh, I just say it, man, when I used to hang out with Ray Carew back in the day. I mean, it's all right. Yeah. So I used to go uh, and I went over to the Panther Stadium. I met Moose. And uh, the first thing he asked him was, Where'd you find this kid? You know what I'm saying? Because I was a little big for my age, et cetera, et cetera. But Moose and I have been uh, cool ever since then, man. And, and my old YouTube restaurant uh, sports shows, West Got Range, Moose and I did an episode on there. And uh, when I had a short run at WCNC with a short version of my food and sports show, he and I did uh, an episode of that as well. So Moose is my guy. I'm super excited for him. I texted him, told him congrats. 
Uh, great guy, uh, like I said, so I'm very excited for Moose, even though I might not have necessarily put him in there the other day when we were talking about it, but he knows he's my guy. And then Pep, what else can be said about Pep? I mean, like I said, in my opinion, the greatest Panther of all time, uh, Hall of Famer for sure, one of the best defensive linemen of our era, so well-deserved for him, too. So I, I told you these were the two guys that I wanted. I, I think you take care of Julius Peppers. We'll spend less time on him, at least with the whole debate thing, because what are you going to do? You're really going to debate that Julius doesn't deserve to be in here? Easy decision. I think it's the right time. He's been removed enough from the league, but also pretty clearly a first ballot Hall of Fame type of guy. If he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, then I think you probably should go ahead and put him in the All of Honor. And so Carolina, the team is going to recognize him first before the NFL does, which is totally fine. I'm glad you took care of that. I'm also glad that they took care of Moose. And this goes alongside my point, how I love Carolina honor a lot of what their legends are yeah. before they get too old. We don't have to wait until they get 50, 60, 70. Let's go ahead and honor them now because the Panthers fan base, I think they want to celebrate a lot of the history here. And the history, it's not as poor as you might think for a team that has only been in existence since 1995. Sure. There are actually some really good players. The pool, despite you wanting to go with Khalil first and me not, Khalil deserves to be up there. Jordan Gross already in there. We have some linebackers hell you could also you could have a special section reserve for just the linebackers that have been within this organization i'm glad that they're not waiting but if there are anybody that was waiting a little too long i think moose and john casey if you wanted to put him in which i understand why but i think it was moose and casey that probably were waiting the longest to be celebrated by their team that's why i wanted to go ahead and take care of this because there's some kind of chronological value that makes sense yeah, so just go ahead and check that box off. You know he deserves to be up there. There's no doubt about him deserving to be in this class. He played in 1996, literally one year after their existence. So as close as you can get without being a true, quote-unquote, OG Panther. But this is somebody that led the league in receptions in 2000. He led the league in yards and touchdown receptions in 2004 when he had to step up big time in the absence yeah, of Steve Smith. Just a monster, Great man. celebration to it, well. Great this crossover I'm was so, nasty. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. It's not talked nasty. about as not enough. Yeah. It's a great celebration. And honestly, Wes, I saw you put this in the rundown. It's exactly what I was about to put in there as well. One of the more underrated football players in the last couple decades. Yeah. And certainly, if you want to go with wide receivers, there were a lot of talented guys that you'd have to put in the Hall of Fame, all pro team, all that. But Moose overlooks because he was playing with some QBs where the best one for a while was Steve Berline. Then Jake DeLome comes aboard. And then Steve Smith gets hurt. And that's when he puts just the receptions record away from a triple crown. Like He was one category away from winning the triple crown in 2004, a first team all pro year underrated as far as just in the entire NFL goes no doubt time. about no doubt about it because you look at the Super Bowl team that was a star-studded team and the headliners on that team you're talking about uh Julius Peppers and the guys on that defense the Chris Jenkinses of the world and Dan Morgan and guys like that so he was a little bit uh underrated there but just as far as what he did the work he was getting done got a couple of Pro Bowl uh nods as well but you do talk about uh, a lot of other players in a lot of instances especially at wide 
receiver before you talk about Mohsen Mohammed, but what he was able to do, especially in Carolina, I mean, 9,255 yards and 50 scores on 696 catches in 11 seasons in Carolina, man, that's no small feat what he was able to do. It was awesome to see what he was able to do with this Panthers team. I'm glad he's honored. And by the way, one thing about Moose that I've always thought, as a kid, People would discuss how strong he is Mm -hmm. at the wide receiver position, that he was just really physical. If you pressed him, he was going to beat you that way. And then you stand around him as you're older, right? Which happens with a lot of the athletes. He's actually not that big. It's crazy because he was Steve Smith was known for being so physical and also the shortest wide receiver out there. He's the best short wide receiver of all time. If you look at the stats, it's not really even close. But with Moose, 6'2", he's not small. But just watching him as a kid, I was like, man, this guy's like 6'5", 230. You can't mess with him. <laughs> and he's not. He's really not. But he played that way, which I always thought, here we are with Carolina. Having to go with the extreme outlier, Steve Smith, the strength that he played with at that size, of course you're going to pay attention to that. But even with Moose, man, like he was in that same neighborhood playing with greater strength than maybe his size indicated. Only 215. Played a lot stronger than that. Love love everything about his game. Man. And not only that, underrated part of his game, the blocking. Okay, a lot of people don't think of wide receivers yep. as blockers, but when you have good receivers on the outside that block well, your running game is going to be nasty. And that is a very underrated aspect of Carolina's run success is the blocking prowess of their wide receivers. Steve Smith and Mohsen Mohammed would get after your uh, hind parts. Let's put it like that, man. They would get after you. And Moose was definitely super tough in that respect, man. He would get after your butt run blocking. I think that's a great point because I don't think there's necessarily what you would call maybe a ton of sacrifice. He got his numbers, but there are certainly some because you are talking about a run football team. Steven Davis on that Super Bowl squad. That's why he didn't have a thousand yards then. He had 837 yards that Super Bowl run, but he also is blocking effectively so for a Steven Davis or a Deshaun Foster even going a little bit later, coming back into his career. And that was back when they would do crackdown blocks where you come down and hit the defensive ends or linebackers. Yeah, I mean, could you think of a more physical wide receiver duo yeah, than Smith and they Moose? Were they were all, I'm, I'm so happy for him, man. I'm glad that <laughs> Carolina honors him. And Julius, it, you want to give him his flowers, but he's got a million of them. I mean, sure, he's got sure. room full of flowers and trophies and accolades. So, yes, yeah, a pretty easy decision there to go ahead and honor uh, Julius Peppers. By the way, our listener, our buddy, Moose on the text line, he's loving all this praise. I'm he's, sure he he's taking this for himself. He said, yeah, I feel honored to be inducted. Thank you. I am quite big. I am quite strong. I also had the longest TD reception. Super. You stop it. Trying to give love to Moose in. Muhammad. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, I do want to hear some of your thoughts and comments on who should be in the Ring of Honor if the Carolina Panthers did get this right with Moose and Julius Peppers. 704-570-9610. We'll also talk a little summer league action. Brandon Miller versus Wimby. What did you think about the number one and number two overall prospects and draft picks going at it? We get to all of that soon. Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Panthers putting in a couple other legends in the Hall of Honor. Julius Peppers, Moosin Muhammad, the latest entries. Want to hear your thoughts on it? 704-570-9610. We have one 704 number writing in his two entries. Brad Hoover and Jonathan Stewart. A man likes a powerful backfield. He wants those guys in the Hall of Honor. I like both. Both are worthy, but it's probably going to be <laughs> Stewart sooner than Hoover. But Hoover, I think... Deserves a spot in there eventually down the line. What were you saying over there, Fiddy? I said, ooh, that rhymed. I mean, I don't know if Stewart, what'd you say, Stewart earlier than Hoover or something like that? It, it had a nice ring to it. <laughs> so I don't think it rhymed, I guess, <laughs> but it's close enough. I, I can rhyme, but that did here. not. Yeah, it's okay. You are in your own little world. I think so, but that's okay. Hoover and Stewart, I don't know if they're going to be. It, it doesn't rhyme, but like it kind of kind of flows well. It does flow well. We should make campaign t-shirts for the next time they have a Hall of Honor. Hoover and Stewart, yeah. I know the 704 number agrees big time. Should be in over Julius Peppers and Moosin Muhammad. Uh, we had some other texts roll in as well about who should be in the Hall of Honor. 704 just simply reminding us, don't forget Moose still holds the Super Bowl record for the longest touchdown. Yes, that was an awesome play to see. Uh, Big Cat Dan said, happy for Moose. He was really underrated, pass blocking and catching. He was greatness. Wes is right on the celebration. The crossover was crucial. It was great. A great celebration. Another one. Didn't Jeff King have one where he would jump up and throw the football between his legs? That's Madden legend Jeff King to you. But uh, yes. What was he the mm. was he the Eddie House of Madden? Some of those players that were better in the video game than they were in real life. <laughs> I set records with him running tight end cross like on Madden 09. My favorite Madden player that didn't do a ton in the NFL, but he was always the guy that I would draft when I would do fantasy drafts for Madden. Ernest Wilford, okay? Wilford coming over on a crossing route constantly as my third wide receiver. He would rack up quite a few hundred-yard games. That's a good uh, discussion. I love the favorite video game. Well, we had this last week, I believe. We just brought it up again because we're in that mold. I'm trying to think of mold. guys on football games, but go ahead. Uh, 704 number put in should be Keekly. Yeah, Luke Keekly's not going to be a bad inclusion yeah, here. To me, he's got to be next in the pecking I think you're right. It, let's have that conversation. The next group... If you want to go two or three, I think for me, the Cam Newton one is the hardest one for me to decide for what time we should. Mm. Because if you wait a couple of years, which they did, so they had their first induction, they had four guys, and then you waited a couple of years, and then you put two more players in. Wes, I wonder if you could honor the 2015 team and maybe go, the problem is there's a lot of people that are deserving. Because I can think of five guys that are deserving that helped that team get to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, Greg Olson, your boy, Ryan Khalil. Mm -hmm. And five in one entry would be a lot. So you'd probably try to divvy that up two and three. 
something like that. Maybe you go Cam and Greg just because of the connection that has the cool storyline. Maybe you go defensively, Thomas Davis and Luke. I think those two going in at the same time would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be dope. So if you wanted to try to connect some of these huge impact players for the 2015 team. Well, no, Khalil. I just said Khalil. No, but you said when you said the people that should go, you did not include him in your two groups. No, I'm saying with the connection, but I did in the five. I'm saying Khalil needs to be in there. Why are you trying to paint me as a Khalil hater? Man, you just, you know, you go Cam and um, you said Luke and Thomas. And then you said Cam and Olsen together, but no mention of Khalil in there. Like I said, the thankless job the offensive linemen do. Without Brian Khalil, there's no super manning in the end zone and no Greg Olsen celebrations. But it's all right, fellow linemen, man. We'll just keep keep on doing what we do. You tell me. You tell me who you want in there. I mean – I would, I would, I would probably. Go, I mean, I think Khalil. I'd put him in there on the next stop. I'd put him in there. Well, now you kind of have to the way that you've been talking. Yeah, I'd There's put really him in not there. Going away from him. Him and Keekly. I put those two next. So those are the two next. Yeah, I'd put those two. Next. All right, you can write in. Who do you think should be next? Uh, Hunter. <laughs> Hunter wrote in Graham Gano and John Casey should go in together. Whatever year. John Casey should go in. I, Graham Gano, I know he's got a lot of points. I get it. Graham Gano is not going to the Hall of Honor. No, he's not. There's only one kicker for this team that should be there. As much as Graham Gano probably took a little too much criticism here with Carolina, I'm not putting him in the Hall of Honor. Um, we have some other entries in here as well. 803 likes the idea of Luke and TD going in together. 803 said Cam, Luke, Olsen, and TD. They are not giving Ryan Khalil the respect that you think he deserves as well. Um, we can roll in with some other text messages here. Uh, Matt in Greensboro said, when will Sir Purr get in? You think Sir Purr? <laughs> I told you, is. I think Sir Purr is a little on the soft side, but I still think he can uh, get in there, though. <laughs> well, just compared to Hugo. When we had yeah, the mascot yeah, yeah. fights, you're Yeah, not we talked about which mascots we would take in a dark alley. Well, and this is, Moose brings up Mike Mentor. All right. So, not Musa Muhammad, by the way. I, I hate that Moose on the listener line now has made it complicated. <laughs> You, I can't believe you made it complicated, but you absolutely were successful in what you were trying to do there. How many players should be in the Hall of Honor? I mean, how lenient should you be? Because I don't think there's any, there's, there's no debating Moose, Peppers should be in. Whether we're talking about who should be in next or who should be in period, Khalil, despite your smear campaign that you're saying I'm trying to go yeah. for Khalil, yeah. Khalil should absolutely be in. You have five guys on that team, at least the way that I can think of. But then it gets a little dicey. So what do you do with a K1 Short? What do you do with a Charles Johnson? What do you do with a Mike Rucker? Mike Minter, I think, is in that category just a little bit. Now, they can be in varying levels. Maybe you think one is more deserving than the other. But to me, they're all in that category. Even a Brad Hoover, very good fullback. But is he in extremely special Carolina Panther territory to the point where you want his name on Bank of America Stadium for its entire existence, or is he just a really lovable Carolina Panther that probably doesn't deserve those kinds of props? That's what I'm interested in. Because we have this conversation with Charlotte too, Wes, with the Hornets. There are lots of people that want Del Curry, that want Muggsy Bogues, that want Alonzo, despite only playing three years here, Larry Johnson, all those names hanging in the rafters. It would be a worse group of talent compared to what other teams have with their history. Maybe you're okay with that. A lot of people are. But with Carolina, I don't think you have that problem with a lack of talent. 
you've got enough talent to put together a decent amount of names up there and hold your own with a lot of other franchises in the NFL. So do you want to open it to a Mike Rucker, who we love, who was a huge part of this Carolina Panther team in 03, getting to the Super Bowl, but he's not Julius, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you And if you open it up for Rucker, then that means Minter and Charles Johnson and all those other guys are right there. How many guys should we lead it? Yeah, I think it? it just depends on how premium you want to make the honor. I mean, do you want to only make this for the creme de la creme of the Panthers? And I think that's what it comes down to because a lot of fans are going to put people in for good players and the way they made them feel. I think some of these guys, the nostalgia drives a lot of the feeling around fans wanting them in there. So I guess it just depends on if you want to go by how many Pro Bowls, how many All-Pros did you make statistically where do you rank uh, for the Panthers during your tenure and so I think that plays into a lot of it too with the fans and some of the suggestions uh, that they like to bring out so I think that Hall of Honor for teams man it, it just depends on what the criteria is because when you talk about the Hornets and I know I put a lot of Hornets in when I talked about who you should did. be in And a lot of it was driven by the fact that they were really good players, but it was also the nostalgia, what they did for the city, how they made the town feel, the actual buzz for uh, lack of uh, using puns, the buzz that they put into the city when the team was together. So I think it, it can be a little bit nuanced. There are a lot of guys that they could put in that I wouldn't have a problem with. Uh, I think if you just start getting down to guys who are maybe not that, highly ranked as far as their core statistic in Panthers history or by the accolades, then I think maybe you start to lose some people in that debate. But I think the Panthers still have a good bit of guys that are worthy of getting into this. What do you think, Vinny? I mean, I think the thing that makes it easier is look at the Panthers compared to the other quote-unquote young franchises in the NFL. They've been more successful than Jacksonville, having gone to two Super Bowls. They've been more successful than Houston, who's like got like three playoff wins. There's a lot of teams, you know, in, in franchise history. So I, I think it's and look, th- this is the Panthers Hall of Honor. So like, if you were a great Panther, and maybe you're not going to be a Hall of Fame player, but I do think it's okay if you can. You have two different kind of generations. You got your first Super Bowl team that had maybe the best, maybe the best run in Panthers history. Then you got the second year where you had three straight division championships, albeit not all three with winning records. So I don't have a problem with some of these guys getting in there because, you know, even though they, they're not an old franchise, there's been a lot of talent that's came through Charlotte or come through Charlotte. And then that's why we get all frustrated. They've never had back-to-back winning seasons here. But, but And that's my point. How do you look at it? it? Yes, they have had a lot of talent. Do you just let everybody in, or does it somewhat diminish the honor? That that's the question I'm wrestling with myself. I'm not even I don't even have a take here, to be honest. Like I am sitting on the fence. I'm trying to figure it out because it's tough for me. Because people are mad at me about Brad Hoover. A two eight number said Walker showing his age. If you think Hoover doesn't deserve those props, turn on the video when Stephen Davis carried the rock. Davis took Hoover to Hawaii because he wouldn't have gone to the Pro Bowl without him. There are people that are saying Brad Hoover should be there. And you're going to have, I think, different people discussing different things. It's probably going to be a a little bit of a polarizing take with some of these. Right? Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart, great running back for us for a long time. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stu's got to be in. He's your all-time leading rusher. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that one's tough for me, so too. Here's my thing with Hoover, and like Wes, you can educate me on this. Mm-hmm. Was was Hoover in the same breadth as Daryl Moose Johnson as a fullback, or was it Mike Allstad or Allstad at Tampa mm-hmm. Bay? Like I don't think anybody was getting the ball as much as Allstad. So like you know, if he's in the same breadth as those two dudes, I mean Moose the greatest, you know, was the lead blocker for the greatest running back of all time. What Allstad did in Tampa was pretty important too, then maybe but even me as a young Panther fan, like I loved him because we all yelled hoove at the TV or whatever. Hall of Honor, though, I'd say no. Well, uh, I think that the job of a fullback, it, it's a lot like an offensive lineman, except they scored the occasional touchdown. He has six uh, career touchdowns and uh, receiving, and he's got three rushing. So he's got nine total touchdowns. But as far as just the job that he did, paving the way for the backs, he's an extension of the offensive line. Uh, the job of a fullback as well is thankless. So I would say yes. I think he was a, a great part of those Panthers rushing attacks and what he was able to do there. And a lot of what he did, you're never going to see uh, on a stat screen. And that's why somebody would have uh, that type of opinion because a fullback like him, and I, I remember his career here in its totality, and so he was an integral part of that offense. So, yes, I would say yes to Brad Hoover. Maybe not immediately, but a little bit down the line. Yeah, well, and, and that, too, I wonder how much time rolls on. Does the pool get bigger? Because, let's say, Bryce Young hits, and in 10 years, Bryce Young is going to be a clear Hall of Honor member. You know, let's say some of these other guys actually hit. I mean, players on the team right now – Brian Burns, he's on a trajectory to be a no-brainer. What about McCaffrey? Yeah, I wouldn't put him in. Because you could argue he's maybe right behind Cam, the second most talented player, or, or, or behind Peppers. Like, he's in your top three, top five most gifted players ever play in your franchise. Well, and then this is the longevity conversation. Because, you know, Alonzo Mourning, the reason I don't know if you put him up there is because he only played three years. But the guy is as close to a top 75 player that played significant time with Charlotte. So with McCaffrey, he goes into the all-season pros. Remember when we so one season, and it wasn't just one season for McCaffrey, but when you talk about his 1,000-yard rushing, 1,000-yard receiving season, it's a really special year for somebody like that. But also Josh Norman played a huge part in getting the Carolina Panthers to a Super Bowl, becoming the highest-paid cornerback in the league. But it was one year of special play. I mean, we weren't so sure that Josh Norman was going to be a pro bowler that year, let alone the best corner in the league alongside Richard Sherman, but it was only one season. So now it's, all right, does Chris McCaffrey have enough to where you're putting him up there? And also, we got to see how it plays out in San Francisco, right? Like if he if he becomes, let's say he goes three, four years, maybe even longer, but three, four years, every year he plays on an average 14 games per season, and San Francisco is making the postseason. McCaffrey, a huge part of it. Are we going to remember him more for San Francisco with his production? That could happen. It's hard to see now, but that's a good argument. Could absolutely happen. So this, and then I keep going back to Zoe, but then it's like, well, you think of Zoe as a member of the Miami Heat more so than the Hornets, despite that nostalgia. Same thing could happen with McCaffrey. This is tough. That's why it's a really hard decision. Carolina's got a lot of easy ones to make at first. Right, we've already given you a group of players. Yeah, that but are, as you get down the line, like right. you said, it gets tougher. Right, right. And I am glad that they're celebrating all of this stuff. I am glad. We have some more text messages. I, I did want to get to some summer league conversation. We could do that in just a moment. But there are a lot of people writing in. Are you guys insane? McCaffrey, he barely played when he was here. I, you know, that's why I'm saying no, but I don't think I'm insane. Yeah, I think I Sometimes would agree I with you too, though, Walk. I, I would say no on McCaffrey. Just too short. Just yeah. too short, I think. That's what it is. If, if he'd have done more... 
in those years. I mean, he spent six years in Carolina. If he'd have done a little bit more in those years, the injuries kind of messed up his totals here. I think if he would have had more productive seasons, Mm -hmm. then I think outside of the three that he just went off, I think that would have uh, put him over the top. Um, Looking, yeah, people are discussing Charles Johnson. He definitely belongs. Uh, Casey Steve saying, Lord, if we keep going by this logic, people are going to start voting Ted Ginn in the Hall of Honor. Hey, had his best years with Carolina. Fozzie Whitaker. (laughs) Yeah, I love Fozzie. Fozzie. Oh, man. Fozzie Whitaker was was awesome as a dude. As a dude, Fitty. Not as a player, but as a dude. Also, like, I'm reading the text line in Silver Yard. Are we missing Greg Olson's name, or can I just not read today? Oh, Greg Olson deserves to be in. We talked about him at the beginning of this. Oh, okay, because well, I just haven't seen a whole lot from the text line. Like he, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, do like do you put him in with Cam, or do you do you do Cam and Rivera together? Like that's going to be, or does Cam just go and stand alone? Because <laughs> it's at, Cam. No, you said Rivera, and I immediately looked at Wes. I me, I wanted to see what his reaction was going to be. <laughs> and just for those who obviously can't look in because we don't have any videos, I looked at Wes, knowing I was going to get a reaction, and he gave a Ugh. like if, if if a look on a face had a sound, that's what he gave for Ron Rivera. You're not feeling the head coach up there. What? I, I did like Ron Rivera. Um, Hall of Fame? No, I'm, I'm, as far as Hall of Honor, I, I don't know about that. People are writing in Rod Smart or he hate me. Yeah, mm. like this is this is what I love. That's what I want. See, now we're yeah, he hate me. Great, great one. <laughs> love he hate me. Don't know if you should be in the Hall of Honor. Um, yeah, we've got some other people writing in some guys that I don't know if you would consider. So it's it's yeah, tough. I think Ron was just too inconsistent, man. And then you look at these last. Five seasons, seven and nine, five and seven, seven and nine, seven and ten, eight and eight. Uh, I can't do that. Um, oh, that was Washington. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, no, I can't. Ooh, it's well, yeah, he won the division. Yeah, three, three really times. big seasons: 2013, 12 and four; 2015 was a Super Bowl year, and in 2017, 11 and five. The rest of those were losing seasons. Oh, well, and that's the problem, too. If you put in Rivera, then you probably have to put in John Fox because they get to the postseason. They yeah. got to the Super Bowl. Very similar resumes in that regard. Last one, Chris Gamble. I always feel he's the number one answer for most underrated Panther of all time because Chris Gamble was really good. Until and he no- wasn't. And nobody talks about him. But he's <laughs> older. I know it's a, it's a hard position to stay very good at for a long time. But I, I agree that Chris Gamble is as underrated you could go with moose but more nfl player underrated Mm -hmm. panther fans love moose and they give him a lot of credit has any panther player or has your opinion of any other panther changed more in a game than chris gamble after the 08 loss to arizona because like i jake delome well okay that's why i asked because i mean i loved chris gamble as a kid loved him was one of my favorite panthers always been like a 99 on madden because i thought he was disrespected and then Larry Fitzgerald just disrespected him on the field in the playoff game. Yeah, but he did that to everybody. Yeah, well, one of the greatest playoff runs of all time. He smoked everybody. Yeah, Fitzgerald being a first ballot Hall of Fame receiver, I think, in a added position that it's really hard to make. Because yeah. he's, he's first ballot. Oh, no yeah, question about you know who's it. the all-time uh, highest paid wide receiver in the history of the NFL? Who is it? No, he is. Fitzgerald, 180 oh, I million. You said, you know I saw that is. the other day. Yeah, that 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 playoff run he had that year was just spectacular. Well, even as the Cardinals 
had a decent run later on, Fitzgerald was one that was doing a great job. Remember that game against Green Bay has the huge play, one of the better games that we've seen. Um, all right, Fitty, I'm sorry. Don't be mad at me. I think we're going to have to skip your uh, first Fitty Flash of the day, unless you want to roll with it. We have enough time? No, we can get a break. All right, sounds good. That's going to be a great tease. Let's go into the home run derby tonight. We are going to get to some summer league conversation as well. I promise you that is still on the docket. It's all up next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Monday, Monday, in the Queen City. You are back. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are back. Hit us up on that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up the socials. Hit that follow button, WFNZ, on Twitter and Instagram. Walker Mail on Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Which I still, I'm not giving the people enough to follow there. ACB yeah. underscore Josh <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram and Threads and Wes Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. I've yet to get my Threads. Okay. Don't uh, worry about it. Because the, 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 app has, the app has died. Is it di- well, I knew it was going to, I knew it was going to lose a little bit. So we're going to do this roller coaster thing where it was going to have a lot of attention at first. And then I thought, all right, so not many people are contributing, but it's there. Really, the safety is there. That's right? why I didn't bother. So, right. And and maybe you don't even have to because Twitter is just going to still find a way to survive some of the bad decision making Elon Musk is going to. And it's not like people are flocking to go support Zuck, even though this is at least some separate platform. I did want to ask the text line before we dive into some summer league talk because we need to. Colin came in and said, by the way. I know you were questioning Moose and Muhammad's size, like people figuring, okay, he he seems 6'5 and 230, only, quote unquote, 6'2, 215. Let's let average size human beings decide how big Moose is. <laughs> and you and I are both pretty big guys. Sure. You are you are a former offensive lineman, mm-hmm. and I'm not very I don't weigh a ton, but I am six six. And so I guess, are we the kind of people that can point to Moose and say, not as big as I thought? Or was that just naive and just completely missing the mark. Am I tone deaf because of how big we are? No, not at all. I think sometimes people get the impressions of NFL players like they're going to be larger than life figures. And Moose was great size for his position, but you wouldn't see him and think physically imposing. So I understood but where his, you're but coming his, But from. his play was. Yes. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I mean, 6'2", 215, that's still a big man as far as life is concerned. You yeah. don't see a ton of guys walking right. around 6'2", 220 pounds, especially right. – 
in great shape. All right. Play I just wanted to make sure. It was, I'm sorry for not understanding. I'm sorry if I was a little tone deaf there. I just wanted to apologize to the people. Yeah. So, Summer League happened this weekend. We had Brandon Miller going up against Victor Wembenyama this weekend. We had Scoot Henderson taking on Amen Thompson. We had a lot of great Summer League action this weekend. And so uh, I'm just going to set the stage, man. You know, we always are transparent with the people. And so I'm going to dinner on Friday night. Oh, Charlie's in Concord. And I'm mm, sitting okay. there. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I go in and I see that the game is coming on Portland and Houston. And it doesn't dawn on me which rookies are in this game until I sit there because we get a table right by the television. I said, oh, snap, Scoot and our men are playing. So then I said, uh, I start to watch the game. And then as Scoot Henderson, he had 13 points, ended up getting injured. But as I see what he's doing early on in the game, because normally we have a rule not to have phones at dinner. It's a good rule. I reach out immediately, though, for the phone because I said, I got to text walk at this point because every time Scoot comes down and, you know, he hit the three and he gets the layup and <laughs> yeah. he's driving. And I said, man, I know Walker's probably sitting somewhere just uh, staring at the screen. I don't know which meme it is. It's the one with the one kid where he's like his neck and the veins are just bulging in his yeah. eyes like they're going to pop out of his head. And I said, <laughs> I, I think that's Walker right now. Let me check on him. And I text him. I said, listen, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I said, it's OK. Let's just reel it back in. Yep. And then I last night had my moment to do this. I was on and on in my house uh, because I knew the game, Wimby's first game, going two or 13. I knew that was an anomaly. Everybody's talking about, oh, he's a bust. He's this. He's that. And so I knew, I said, man, when he missed the dunk, when he backed down Brandon and then missed the dunk, I said, this is not going to be his night. I said, he's just going to miss a lot of shots. When you miss something like that, it's not going to go your way. And I predicted 22 for last night before the game. And he scores 27 points. And Queen City, I'm just I'm just sitting there like, why can't we have that? The man packed out Summer League. The Spectrum Center would be the place to be if this man was in a Hornets uniform. I mean, the crossover jumper. Who's blocking his jump shot? Come on, man. The, when he backed your boy down and, and did the turnaround, I just said, man, come on, man. When he plays, if the Spurs surround him with the proper spacing and shooters, when he gets the grown man body, mm -hmm. oh, he's going to come through the Spectrum Center. He might give us 50. And all we can do is just sit there and think about what could have been. So I'm going to let you take it from here, man. What's with your thoughts on, on the Summer League? It's as upset i've seen you in the open i've <laughs> seen you upset about stuff before i've not seen you this oh. openly upset about something victor Wembanyama's first performance he brought back some of those feelings you were hoping to apply to the charlotte i, Hornets. I did man it, but now for brandon i will say he, he's shown in the summer league i think the fact that he's not going to be able to play without a really good point guard the is going to help him immensely but he this is not a guy that's going to be able to take it and get it on his own. He might have some, uh, he might be able to maneuver and be able to get by some guys, but this is not a guy that's going to be a difference maker as far as just give him the basketball and let him get you three to four straight buckets. But I do like the basketball IQ that he's shown. I know he's been struggling, but this is a guy that needs to play with a point guard, but I'm not uh, upset with what I've seen from him. I, I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. I think watching Brandon Miller play in summer league, he's not taking over. He is making smart decisions as far as swinging the basketball. He's not trying to do too much. Now, part of that was a criticism for him in the first two games, especially in game two, yeah. when you only have four field goal attempts. 
a lot of that is roster construction where he doesn't have a very good point guard. If Justin Robinson isn't in the game, and mind you, I understand what I'm saying here, right? I'm mm-hmm. not saying Justin Robinson is great, but Justin Robinson is the best point guard they have on the roster. There are lots of times where Brandon Miller is out there starting with Nick Smith Jr., who is not a point guard. He's a combo. James Booknight, not a point guard. He's a combo. Yes. So when you're out there with those two guys, then really Brandon is the best passer on that roster, even with Justin Robinson included there. That's something I've always liked about Brandon. I, I, you do want him to be able to get to the basket more. It was a problem coming out of college. That That's shown itself here. He gets bumped off his spot a lot. Yeah. And and I wonder how much mono is affecting him. I don't want to just do the easy button. Oh, he's struggling? Mono. <laughs> that seems mono-y a little easy. Mono-y mono. But. <laughs> yes. That was, that was nice. I got to give so it. So dumb. But it's so funny. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much that's affecting him because clearly that can affect people for a very long time with how much fatigue that it causes. But also, you're not seeing him get to the rack as much. There are some times where he... Look, there was a mismatch. He went up against a Demoy Hodge. He was the smallest player on the Lakers. Demoy Hodge found himself on Brandon Miller in the corner. Brandon took care of, um, you know, went, saw the mismatch, took advantage of it, hit a bucket. It was one of the four field goals he made. But the shot's not falling right now. Don't necessarily worry about the three-point shot. I do worry about the low release that has led to a couple of blocks on the perimeter. There was one, I'm not sure if it was a block in this game against the Lakers, but it was low enough to where maybe he was indecisive trying to hold on to the basketball and then pass it once he saw Christie contesting. And this is what I talked about with some of that low release out there on the perimeter. Yeah, I do think once he has a great point guard in LaMelo, fantastic passer, smarter basketball players, spreading the floor out, I think Brandon is going to be able to drive and kick. Now, I don't know how many dribbles he's going to get when he drives. Maybe just one, because that's happening even in the G League, and then you have the simple kick out. But he's not trying to do too much. And if you're not trying to do too much, and you just take the shots and the open field goal attempts that are given to you, I do think off ball, Brandon Miller does still have a shot to really help this Hornets team. But no, Wes, we aren't really seeing it a ton in these last two games because the shot making isn't there. But if the shot making is there, I think that is when it starts to really unfold some of the greatness that he could possess. Yeah, I would agree with you too, but I I definitely wanted to hear your account uh, quickly before we go to break of, of Scoot Henderson and you were able to turn the page. I give you that, but what were your thoughts on that? Because I gave my account and what I felt from you, but let the people know what was going on. I mean, it's one game. I'm going to repeat that. It's it's one game, right? (laughs) But starting starting off four of four didn't really help Hornets fans. The the first basket off the rip, mid range step back jumper, bang, scoot ready. Mama, to go. there goes that man. He was going. <laughs> he was he was performing pretty well. Now he cooled off. I mean he did. It missed a decent amount of shots in the second half. Yeah. Five of thirteen is yes. what he finished. Um, but still assist man. There was some this is something you saw in the G League too. The kick out to the corners, just laser beams to the corner when he would drive baseline amongst the trees, couldn't get a shot off, which is a legitimate problem when you're six four, taller than the six two listed, but still not the tallest player. But those kickouts to the corner really helped. 
Yeah, he looks great. What do you want me to say? He looked fantastic. Hopefully, Brandon Miller can look a lot better in preseason. All right, well, we'll talk about this more because I do have some uh, rationale to why I think that I saw why he would not have been a good fit here in Charlotte. But we'll get to that uh, in another segment. But when we come back, it is team week. We're going to talk about the Pirates of East Carolina. Yar! When we come back <laughs> on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.